Hey, 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 welcome back. Another exciting episode. Zooming in from beautiful Sarasota, Florida, Nancy Benitez. And Nancy has been in and around real estate literally since day one. We were talking a little bit off camera about that. And these days, Nancy has kind of shifted her focus into something very, very interesting that I think you're going to love hearing about. And that is Airbnb arbitrage. Ooh, that sounds heavy duty. So Nancy, welcome to the call. Great to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And uh, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Well, I'm excited too. So Nancy, let's, let's, for the benefit of our listeners, let's just give everybody like the 30,000 foot perspective. How did you get into real estate investing? How did you get into Airbnb arbitrage? What the heck is Airbnb arbitrage? All that kind of good stuff. So just give us a snapshot of how you got where you're at. Yeah. So really quickly, uh, I lived in Seattle. Uh, I, my former husband and I decided we wanted to invest back in the boom when it was like 2005, 2006. So we bought, you know, uh, a huge property and then we were renting out apartments, things like that. So that's kind of the introduction um, to that. Uh, and then fast forward to now, uh, my friend, Mike Wolf, who we both know, uh, he's been bugging me for like four years. Hey, you need to get into real estate again. Um, I was like, yeah, yeah. Finally, last year in November, I decided, okay, I'm ready. And I wanted to kind of dive into Airbnb just because I love hosting beautiful places, Um, kind of Zen places for people to experience, you know, my paradise here in Sarasota. Uh, So that's kind of my, my why, you know, of why I like, I like doing the Airbnb arbitrage and it, and it's, you don't need a lot of capital to invest in it. All right. Perfect. So for folks who are not familiar with what, I mean, everybody knows what Airbnb is or everybody thinks they know what Airbnb is, but what is Airbnb arbitrage? So what you do is, you know, instead of buying a property, you actually approach, uh, you know, landlords, homeowners, and you say, hey, can I lease your place and then sublease it on Airbnb or, you know, Verbo and things like that. So basically, your costs are startup costs to furnish the place if it's not furnished already. And then you're kind of just paying rent. Uh, You can negotiate like utilities, things like that. Uh, So that's kind of like Airbnb arbitrage. It's like not yours, but you get to use it as yours and none of the real risk of having an actual place. That is fascinating. Back in the day, Nancy, when I was doing first getting involved in real estate back in yeah, 2003, before Airbnb existed, before any of the short-term rental type stuff goes, was going, I did several deals that were kind of like arbitrage. They were called sandwich leases. So oh. you find a motivated seller who, for whatever reason, wasn't able to sell their property. We would option the property with also a lease and a right to sublet the whole thing. So the idea there was to tie up the property uh, the big benefit for the property owner was they had some regular income coming in because mm-hmm. yeah. you were on the hook for the rent. They didn't have to worry about the management and the upkeep of the property because we included that in our rental agreement. And then we were able to sublet it to a tenant buyer at a higher amount. Obviously, that's where part of the, the profit was. And a higher sale amount at the end, that's where the other part of the profit was. So it was really kind of a win-win-win kind of a situation. Yeah. Now, fast forward 20-some <laughs> years. And Airbnb is, you're applying kind of the same concept to Airbnb, and that is fascinating. So you're able to get in there. Let me ask you this, though. Are are most of the property owners 
either not interested in doing Airbnb themselves, or they've got these properties just as long-term rentals and they can't get their head around furnishing them and, and doing all that kind of stuff. How are you finding these property owners who are willing to lease the property to you with the understanding you're going to sublet it as an Airbnb? Yeah. So kind of like what you were saying right back at, back in the day, uh, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, landlords, you know, homeowners, tenants are not always the best. And sometimes they get fed up <laughs> with no pay, no rent payments, yeah. you know, just the, they trash the place, whatever. And so you're actually solving a problem. And so what I've done is, you know, I've gone on Zillow, I've gone on, you know, Realtor, you know, all of even Facebook marketplaces like a gold mine. Um, and I'm like, hey, how would you like to, you know, me to pay you consistent automatic rent in order for me to sublease? I mean, it, it sounds simple, but it, and it is that simple, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so I've, I've been doing that. I just send out emails, I make calls, you know, and some people are like, no, not interested. They think you know, Airbnb is their place is going to get trashed, which is yeah. the complete opposite. Um, and they're not interested in doing Airbnb just because it's really admin heavy, which is mm -hmm. why a lot of people don't do it, you know, and, and I love admin, you know, systems, like streamlining things in order to not have to work so hard. Right. 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 So, yeah, yeah. So they really don't get how it, how it works, how, how it mm -hmm. can work. You've got that dialed in. Okay. Perfect. So you were mentioning that this is pretty new. We're, we're filming this episode in March of 2023. You really jumped in in November of 2022. Yeah. Yep. So if my math's right, that's about five months into the game. What does life look like real estate-wise for Nancy Benitez right now? So, you know, it's interesting, you know, really quickly going back to November when I actually entered the mentorship program with our friend Mike. And the first month I just learned I just learned everything there was to learn about Airbnb. You know, I didn't like start. So really, I just started looking end of December mm. for, for, you know, um, homeowners, you know, landlords, things like that. So I got my first uh, yes, you know, within like a month and a half. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Now what? <laughs> fourplex, right? I'm like, oh, oh my wow. Gosh. Yeah. For the whole fourplex. Yeah. So the fourplex, not all at once, obviously, yeah. because there was, you know, there's tenants in there still, but um, yeah, I was like, Oh, you know, okay, let's do this, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I got my first one. I, you know, my partner and I, we um, furnished it, did all the things, clean toilets, like cleaned it, put it on the market. And I guess going into the future now, we had so much fun. Of course it was not all fun. Mm -hmm. Uh I, I I'm hoping to have like 22 by the end of the year, maybe more. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm really loving it. I know right now it's just like the learning curve is really heavy. And so it's just like paying it forward, right? Mm -hmm. You with, with uh mastery, with any kind of mastery, you know, you have to learn first and then, yeah. you know, come the end of the year, I'm going to be even more of an expert. So definitely. Okay. So you, you come at this with, with experience already in real estate investing, you had mentioned earlier that you kind of grew up around real estate. Your parents were property managers and, yeah. and then you and your uh, former husband bought a, an apartment building in Seattle and sounds like you self-managed that or yeah. had a lot to do with that kind of thing. Yeah. So what have been your biggest lessons coming into Airbnb arbitrage? 
you know, I felt like I was really in my head in the beginning, <laughs> like everyone, you know, it's, it's a risk, right? I took out uh, retirement money. And well, well, so what, what's the, what is the risk? Because again, you don't have to come up with a down payment for, for buying the property. You don't, you're, you're leasing it with the, and you're subletting it. So what, what's the biggest risk in your mind? So in my mind, the biggest risk was, um, me paying rent every month, like an extra, you know, uh, almost two grand a month of rent. Right. And right, cause you're, cause you're on the hook for <laughs> a year. Right? You signed exactly. a year long. Okay. Got yeah. It. And so Airbnb, you know, with the system systems with like air DNA, it tells you the occupancy rate per year. Right. And a lot of it, unless you're like in a really luxurious place, it's anywhere from like 50 to maybe 67% occupancy rate, hmm. which means that even though I don't make money, I still have to pay the rent. Right. And so I'm depending, it's almost like on the universe to (laughs) send me, send me guests. Right. Uh So I feel like that's the risk. And the more I get, the more risk it's going to be, you know, but then there's experts like yourself, like other Airbnb, um, the experts who are doing it, you know, and I'm I'm not an Airbnb (laughs) expert by any stretch of the magic. Well, I mean, real estate, you know, in real estate, there's always risks, right. Calculated risks. Yeah. And okay. so for me, plus, that was- plus you have to furnish the whole thing. You have to get it all up to snuff. So what did that look like? So if I understand correctly, you got the fourplex kind of under contract. How many mm-hmm. of those units were vacant? The one unit was vacant. Yeah, but- just one. Um, but, you, but you got first dibs on the other three when the current tenants leave. Is yeah. So I have another one coming up in May. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and then so- June and July. Okay. So they're, they're rapidly, that's kind of perfect timing though. It's like not all at once. It's ding, ding, ding. You can get one going in the, okay. So the first one, what does that unit look like? Is it how many bedrooms, how many baths, you know, kind of where's it located relative to cool stuff? Yeah. So it's downtown. So it's downtown Sarasota. So, I mean, you can walk to restaurants, you can walk downtown, you can walk to the Bayfront, the water, um, so it's really close. It's a great location. Uh, it's right by a park, this like heritage park. So I really, I really got, you know, I was very blessed with that, the, the deal. Uh, and it's a two bedroom, one bath. A lot of the houses in that area are kind of, I think they were smaller back then in the seventies. So it's just two bedrooms, one bath as a backyard. Um, super cute. All the things that, you know, the way I decor is called, you know, Zen, very peaceful, very, there's like Buddha paintings and, you know, all of these things. So, you know, people have loved it so far. I have six, five star reviews, uh, which is really cool. Reviews are everything in Airbnb, Yeah. Um, you know, and so that's kind of the theme I'm going to go with, you know, in making people like feel relaxed, peaceful, easeful, whether it doesn't matter what they're coming for. So that's kind of my theme. Very cool. So that's the the location, two bed, one bath. And like for furnishing it, getting it all ready to put up on, on Airbnb, what was involved there and, and, you know, kind of expense wise, what were you looking at to, to get it all ready to go? Yeah. So it was about, I want to say it was seven grand to furnish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of experts that say, do not build stuff yourself, but for my budget, that's right. Like what I could, I could do. And it looks really gorgeous. It doesn't look like, you know, (laughs) some shack. (laughs) Right. Uh, So yeah, it was about, you know, seven, eight, eight grand and it looks beautiful. People love it. And, you know, I think 
the next time I'm going to do it even better. And for probably less, just because there was a lot of mistakes involved, a lot of returns, you know, a lot more building, uh, you know, just little things like that, that you don't know. When don't you think first. about when you're, when yeah. you're, first it. but now, you, yeah, each one you do, yeah. you're going to get that experience. Yeah. All right. Very good. And it sounds like you're off to a good start. You got a bunch of good reviews and is it, is it cash flow positive? Has the universe delivered some <laughs> Some good guests for you, and it's it's showing good promise. Yeah, yeah. So uh, these first two months, uh, I made about seventy three revenue. Mm-hmm. So I'm about I don't know maybe like seven eight hundred dollars. Like I made seven eight hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. I so that is really good, and that's including a plumbing issue where I had to call an emergency plumber when I was out of town. Wow. Um, I had to refund a guest because there's plumbing, a little bit of plumbing stuff going on there. Um, so even with that, you know, I'm still, I'm still, you know, positive. So that's that's awesome. So now you got proof of concept. Now, Nancy, you're feeling a lot more confident that this whole Airbnb, Airbnb arbitrage thing is going to work for you. Yeah. Very cool. So now you got the next units going to be opening up. Did you say in April or in May? Uh, May. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of time. So that, and you're looking at, you think it's probably in the similar kind of condition and probably be about six, seven grand to furnish it, get it ready up to snuff. Yeah. I th- yeah. It's, they're all redone. Thankfully, you know, I'm, I, I'm really, I have a really good relationship with the owner who lives in California and nice. you know, he trusts me and it's really, it's, I've made some great relationships with, with doing Airbnb. So it's not just about like, you know, the Airbnb and um, yeah, so he pretty much lets me have rain on what I need. If I ask him something, mm-hmm. he like, delivers things like that. So yeah, it's, I'm ready. It's about, I think it'll be maybe less. I don't know. It's the same, um, kind of structure, the same design. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just now knowing and, and spending less time and money on it. So you'd so. mentioned earlier on your, your goal for this year is to get up to about 2022 20, units. Yeah. Like you said. yeah. And so how did you determine that number and why, and, and how are you planning on doing that? So it was about two a month, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's of course, that's the stretch goal, right? I, yeah. <laughs> before you know how to do Airbnb, you're like, oh yes, I have this huge number and now learning it. It's like, okay, there, I don't have, I need another one of me. If, mm-hmm. you know, so about two a month, um, you know, if I can score another fourplex, you know, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of where I came up with that number per month, you know, doing numbers and things like that, like, you know, bringing in investors and partners and things, things like okay. that. Very cool. Well, that, now, now you're talking my language there now. <laughs> so I guess off the top of my head and, and what other people might be thinking is, okay, well, if you're if you're doing the Airbnb arbitrage model, you don't really need to come up with down payments for properties. Yeah, you have to come up with, I don't know if you have to come up with first month, last month, damage deposit, furnishing, that kind of stuff. So where do investors come on board in in your plan? So, you know, to Airbnb, there's there's like um, tiers, so to speak. There's like mid-scale, upscale and then luxury. And so I wanted to start in mid scale because obviously the capital isn't that much. So as I scale and as I learn, Sarasota is a very affluent city okay, and it has some gorgeous properties. In fact, I was just talking to my friend who has a beach house on CSA key who, who wants to Airbnb it. So, nice. um, 
but I, I plan on, you know, this is small, smaller, making it so investors can come in and actually make money too. You know, I'm not sure like Mike, you know, my mentor is kind of helping me with that area. Um, but as I scale to get luxury properties, you know, investors can come in and, and we can partner up. That makes a lot of sense because again, once you start, start getting into those beachfront properties, then instead of two grand a month rent or whatever, it, it could be seven grand a month that that you're on the hook for. And then furnishing that ain't going to be seven or eight grand. It it could very well be 30 or 40 grand or 50 grand Mm -hmm. to furnish it to the level that exactly that, that. property deserves indoor yeah. outdoor the whole bit maintenance yeah i could see that getting pretty <laughs> yeah. heavy duty pretty quick so i know you haven't haven't done it yet but what are you thinking of when it comes to your joint venture partners or your investors are they going to provide all of the capital that's necessary you bring the deal you bring the expertise the management all that kind of stuff and are you thinking of doing some sort of a profit split with them or what are your thoughts when it comes to working with investors moving ahead? Yeah. So I, you know, I love doing like, I guess you could say the grunt work. I love being, I'm on the ground, right? Yeah. If if there's somebody, I know there's, I, I've already talked to, you know, a few people and because I'm here, I'm in Sarasota, you know, they hear Florida is such a great city. So I can do all the work, you know, and then partner up. Um, I feel like that's fair. You know, if they're willing to, I could be a co-host. So I don't think we talked about that. So co-hosting is, you know, they basically provide the capital and then I run the systems. I kind of do it at 25%, right? Or more, 20 to 5 So that would be somebody who already has an Airbnb that doesn't want to manage it. They'd rather have you take care of that for them. Yeah, or I start it for them, you know, and then after two years- you know, hand it over to them. And then I just take the 25% after I've already like kind of set, you it, know, all up. set it all up. So it's kind of running and then I don't have any of the the risk, right? They have mm-hmm. to, you know, have to pay rent, anything like that. And then I just run their the back their inside of things. Them. Yeah. Manage everything. Yeah. So. so in the meantime, for the first two years, are you thinking it's, it's going to be like a 50, 50 type split or, or what does it look like for the first couple of years? Um, yeah, I think so. If I'm, I feel like if I'm doing like the time equity, right, you know, it's, it's a good, it's like a 50, 50 split would be a good number. I mean, there's so many scenarios where partners could come in, Mm -hmm. you know, so I can consult, like if somebody wanted to, you know, start an Airbnb and they were like, look, I don't want to take the time to learn, just teach me in a weekend or something, you know, Mm -hmm. I could do that. So I, I'm open to, listening. I'm open to learning, you know, as I go. Um, so the partners, you know, I'm not, I'm all ears. And I'm, I'm thinking, and this is just me, but I'm thinking that probably the 50, 50 deal will, will go over very, very well. I think there's probably mm-hmm. a lot of people would like the idea of being involved in Airbnb and they like the idea of not actually having to buy a whole property. You know, yeah. if they can just get it, rent it out and furnish it. And Nancy's doing all the work to, to yeah. do all that stuff. I think 50, 50 would be a, a sweet deal for them. And then for you, I mean, after year two, why not keep it at the 50, 50? It's still the same amount of work for you, Yeah, I guess. And by that time, the risk should be pretty much nil because you've got all the systems completely dialed in, right? I mean, yeah. you'll know yeah. how rentable the, the place is. What are, what are the dangers of 
you know, with what you've learned about Airbnb, what are the dangers of you get the thing going mm-hmm. and at the end of the year, the landlord, the owner says, holy smokes, Nancy's making a hell of a lot of money at this Airbnb thing. I better either cancel the lease, not renew the lease or jack up the price double because she's making way, way more money than she should. What, what, what are the risks <laughs> of, of that kind of scenario? So I, you know, it, I don't really feel it's that much of a risk, you know, because I've already made, you know, I've, it's been abundant for me. Here's the thing with Airbnb. Um, You can either co-host, which gives you some rights to the, to the platform, but an owner would have to take over like my identity to be able to run it himself. So he would have to start all over. He'd have to start from scratch. Like, yeah, so it's there, there'd be no reviews for him for that property All would would be on you. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Is there any way to, uh, and I'm just asking, I'm just curious, is there any way on your lease to have a right for renewal at a fixed increase in rent so, so that you don't get any nasty surprises? I, I, I don't know. Is that possible? Yeah, there's a lot of so negotiation that goes into yeah. like a deal. What what I'm still learning, mm-hmm. uh, but you know you can negotiate things like you said I, I for year two because year two is where you make the money, right? Yeah. It's the first year you're learning, especially when you're just learning. Mm-hmm. Year two is where you make the money, and so you know you could make that clause, or if it's not working, you can also make the clause of hey, let's try this for six months and see how it goes, right? right? So you could do either way. It's just or both for you negotiating and <laughs> like both, much- yeah. <laughs> right and so yeah. you know usually they want a year yeah um but if you're you know there could be a clause where it's like okay if this isn't working out for either of us we're gonna have a conversation and then let's walk away like right. you know i take my furniture i take my airbnb reviews and you can have your place back no hard feelings yeah fair enough no that sounds good so yeah. nancy just out of curiosity what what line of work or business are you in, in addition to real estate investing? So I am a uh, coach. I coach um, parents with teenagers at the moment. Um, I do health as well. I'm a health coach, holistic health. So I like to help people, you know, with their pretty much body, mind, and soul. Yeah. And I'm, I wrote, I just wrote a parenting book for parents to, that are having trouble with their teens. Um, so Jeez, I, I wish I had a, wish I had heard about you a few years ago when I still had teens, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I was curious because I thought it was probably something along those lines. What, what have you found to be really good transferable skills from that business to this business? What, what, which of those skills are, are you bringing to play with doing real estate? Wow. They're pretty much all of them. I would imagine. Yeah. Dave, like, especially being able to talk to people. I think if, if you don't, if you're trying to get into any coaching Airbnb, pretty much anything, right. We're in the business of talking to people and connecting with them. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, I would say, learn it really quick because you have to be able to connect with others, whether it's parents, you know, parents are real estate investors, right? Like, look mm-hmm. at, I mean, it sounds like you had teens, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be able to talk to people in a really loving, connecting, you know, curious kind of way in order to learn about their deal, learn their story, whatever it is, is like taking that time to really listen, I think is the biggest, the biggest thing for me. Um, I've made like friends from real estate, just 
you know, talking to them and, Hey, what, what's, you know, what, what's your story? Like what's going on with you? What are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's just really being interested in others. And then they get interested in what you have to say as well. I think that's the biggest. So so that is very good advice. How are you applying that to doing your outreach to find potential deals to do? So you mentioned earlier that, you know, you're, you're looking for things on Zillow, you're, you're looking for things on uh, Facebook marketplace, you're kind of reaching out lots of different ways. How, how do you do that? Cause it sounds like it's working pretty nicely. Yeah. So, um, I like created this, this template where it was, it, it's an email. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, mo- you know, it's funny. I, most of my deals have been through email. Like I've even, um, I've had two other deals that fell through. I didn't, I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, and it, it was just like, what's in it for them? How is, how is this going to bring them more ease, more peace in their lives and less chaos? So, so you've created a whole template that kind of sells them on the idea of Airbnb arbitrage and yeah. do you email that to them cold or have you already connected with them? And then this is kind of step number two. How does, how does that look? So both, you yeah. know, sometimes I'll send a message on like Zillow for, you know, or you know, I'll start a conversation on Facebook marketplace and say, Hey, you know, I noticed you have this for rent. Like, you know, I, I, I want to be honest and transparent right away. That was something I decided I'm not going to be like, Oh, let me look at it. And then I'm going to try to get you to, you know, no, I know you're, that's you're not, like not going to do some people, but yeah, not gonna <laughs> but I just been, exactly. I don't want to do that. And so it's just really coming from a place, um, of like, uh, Jay was saying, Jay Connor, I saw that from a servant's heart from a place like I'm going to help you feel more ease. So you don't have, you know, crappy tenants, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, yeah, not, yeah. Not so, you know, that way, but yeah. So, and then calling also is just like, Hey, do you have a minute? I wanted to share something that, you know, might bring you a little more ease and peace of mind. You know, can I tell you about that? You know, right. tone, everything is, you know, if you're nervous, they're going to sense that, right. If, if you're just like, hello, (laughs) you know, they're going to be like, Nope, I'm not interested. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it sounds like you're pretty comfortable with this kind of stuff. It sounds like your, your background with coaching and everything that you've done has really served you well for this, this new venture. What about the absolute scared spitless introvert? (laughs) <laughs> that loves this idea, but just hates the, the whole thought of doing this kind of outreach. How, how would you, what kind of nuggets of inspiration or wisdom would you give folks to, to help them get over that personal hurdle? Because believe it or not, like I love doing this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but the idea of doing that kind of outreach personally makes my palms sweat a little bit. Like, like I would be very uncomfortable doing that personally, believe it or not. So what kind yeah. of advice would you give to a, a raging introvert like myself? So I think, you know, I, I love Simon Sinek and how he talks about the why hmm. for me, you know, my, my why is what helps me like connect with people and knowing that they have their why too, right? What's hmm. your big why for doing anything, real estate, coaching, um, you know, raising your kids, whatever it is, what's your, that passionate why that keeps you going, that makes you pick up the phone and say, you know what, I want to connect with this person on a deeper level than just a deal. Right. right? And so it's no longer just, you're not just trying to get something out of them. Right. It's this connection with another human who's just doing their best to live in this world. Right. And so that alone just like, like makes my heart so happy because I get to learn their story. 
right? Right. It's, and so that takes me out of my shell. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, I guess some folks kind of put up this defensive mechanism, the shield first. How do you, how do you get, how do you break through that shield to get into that real connection? Because so like we all, we're all kind of guarded. We're all kind of guarded yeah. these days. Yeah. So. The armor. Um, yeah. Like on the phone or an email, you know, oh, I, yeah. I, I'm really a big uh, believer in energy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're energetic ourselves, you know. Uh, I think when you pick up the phone and, you know, someone's like, yes, what do you want? It's your tone is a big, a big factor in when you're talking to them, right? Mm-hmm. Your tone of voice, the way your energy is being managed, what your intention is. You know, I, because I'm a coach, I, you know, I have a gift of really talking to people. So I, I've mm-hmm. seen people who have a really hard time, right. Mm-hmm. But anything can be learned. Yeah, definitely. If so, you want to, if, yeah, you, if, if you, you want, want to learn it, you have to want so, to. Yeah. Sure. So if you, if you are an introvert and you're scared to talk to people that are, have that big hard shell, you know, the, the mm-hmm. armor, mm-hmm. you know, take, take a class, read a book on how to engage with people, you know, how to really learn the influence mastery, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Good old because Dale that, Carnegie. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that will help you like immensely. You know, it's all about your approach. It's all yeah. about how your energy is affecting and, and them you, you know, it's nothing against you. Their armor is mm-hmm. their ego. It's protecting them from things of the past that, that they dealt with. It's nothing, yeah. it's nothing about, it's not even about you. It's about them. Exactly. Right? Nope. Good, good, so good points. Good reminder. No, that is good reminders. And good old, yeah. If you're looking for a shortcut there, good old uh, Dale uh, was it Carnegie? Yeah, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People from yes. 1920, whatever. Yeah. Is, right. It's yeah. all about asking the questions and listening a lot more than talking, and that that goes a long way. Nancy, I love what you're doing. I love your plan for moving ahead with working with investors and joint venture partners. It reminds me of a couple that I was working with very recently. We we created a a blueprint kind of capital raising plan for these guys. And, mm-hmm. and they're, they're Canadians, Okay, but they're investing in short-term rentals in Florida, right? Not oh, in Sarasota, okay. but in Florida. Yeah. And it was really interesting because their first property was more on the luxury side. So it was, okay. a, it's, it's a six bedroom home in a beautiful gated community and mm-hmm clubhouse and golf court, you know, all, all that kind of stuff, which is really, really cool. But now the direction they're going is a little bit more towards the direction you're starting in. So <laughs> they're, they, they say, Hey, yeah, this is great. The big, beautiful house was, was, was great, but the demand for a six bedroom house is limited, right? So you're, mm-hmm. you're yeah. having to juggle things around and have multiple guests in from different families at the same time and that can cause challenges so they're mm-hmm. actually really looking to to scale again using joint venture partners but they're not doing the arbitrage they're doing the buy the buy the oh, property yeah. own it kind of thing but they're they're looking for like two bedroom one bath three bedroom two bath mm-hmm. type smaller type units uh just because in their opinion there's more demand and they're they're more affordable for people Plus, so the the occupancy rate is actually can be higher there. The risk can be lower, and you can get you you rent it out to one 
person or one family at a time versus trying mm-hmm. to juggle, juggle things around. So yeah. just, it, it's interesting how things uh-huh. kind of come around and, and uh-huh. what you need to be aware of when you're moving up into those, those luxury level type properties as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get that. And yeah, I mean, here in Sarasota, you know, there's an airport, there's a Ringling college, like, so actually parents come in, yeah. performers come in and they've been renting the unit. So that makes sense. One person can rent it, you know, it's pilot. It won't break the bank for one person and, and a family. Yeah. It's affordable. It's more comfortable than a hotel room and all exactly. that. Kind of stuff. No, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Hey. For sharing that. So Nancy, thank you so much for jumping on the call. It's been a lot of fun and, and it's it's yeah. fun chatting with you at the beginning of this journey. And maybe we can circle back in a in a year and, and yeah. see where you're at a year from now and all the new lessons that you've learned. But if people want to connect with you, uh, what's the what's the number one best place they can reach out and connect with you? Yeah, so I have a whole seven followers on Facebook right now. <laughs> so you, it's a uh, Hexagon Real Estate Co. is the the handle. And if anybody you know want is interested in a conversation, um, they can reach me by, by email. Uh, it's Hexagon I like information LLC at gmail.com. Perfect, so. Nancy. Thanks so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll see you on the next episode.